it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. As always, Dennis was just making me fun, making fun of me for it. Make sure you like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Uh, playoffs, we're we're in the, the the back half of the championship series right now. Um, and to reference our last episode, things are starting to play out how we had predicted. Would would you agree with that? Uh, eerily so. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of to the border of like, is this really how easy it is? Yes. In the in the beginning of the series, I was like, oh, like maybe we missed something, or maybe there's more to this this puzzle. And now all of a sudden, the Braves are up three one. The Astros just took a three two lead after getting washed the first two games. And in the last two games of the series, the Astros have scored eighteen runs and Boston has scored three. And what I'm noticing constantly is when there's runners in scoring position, they are producing in a big way. The Braves doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, very eerie. Very eerie. And again, eerie. if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you got to go back and you have to watch last episode where we talked about the clutch gene. We we found what makes clutchness happen and how much it matters to the point that we predicted or we said based off of those numbers, it was going to end up being the, the Astros and it was going to end up being the Braves. We also said that because of it, the Dodgers were going to advance. And from that moment, they did advance. Now they're getting waxed by a team that has batted better in all being from a very ugly check swing on the way that they got there, but whatever happens. There was other mistakes prior. What's the funniest part of that entire thing, though? Who's the guy who? It was Wilmer Flores. It was Wilmer Flores who we we talked talked about about. as the clutch gene guy. If you you don't know what we're talking about, just go listen to the previous episode and then come back here. You Mm -hmm. can't watch. You can't watch the first movie without you know facts. You can't watch. No time to die without seeing Casino Royale. And yet some of us did it anyway. How about that ending? Uh, <laughs> uh, guys, if, if, you, if you're getting into, if you watch this show and you're just getting into Bond or like you were like, oh, that, that Bond movie was great. It was. It was my second favorite of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Casino Royale is the, the wave. And all of the things that happened in that movie, you can't get a real like an emotion for without having seen the any of the other previous Daniel Craig movies. They tied a bow on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Every relationship he had, they tied a bow on it. Every little nuance, they put it in. And some people here saw like one of the five movies before coming into the final movie and have no idea what the movie was about. Yes, I have to go rewatch them. I All apologize. of that. It's okay. We'll, have, we'll have more movie discussions in the off season. I'm sure. Are you going to see Dune this weekend? I'm watching on HBO Max. I'm not even gonna go. You're gonna go HBO Max? Yeah, because it's there. I was like, All right, I, I saw it too. That. I know it's coming out tomorrow. I there's there's no, been today a, on HBO today. Max. Yes, yes, yes. Today on HBO Max. But you know what? That movie looks like a movie. I have to go see it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that. Especially with all the reviews, I'm like, wow, they're making it seem like it's it just looks legit. like a banger. Yeah, like the original one. Is like so awful looking. Yeah, so it's like, that's on HBO Max also, and I almost watched. I was like, I'm not. This I doesn't even look like it's it, worth and it. And when he fought Captain Picard in his room, which if you guys don't know, that's one of the worst scenes. So like we talked about like why Dune didn't take off and Star Wars did. Yeah. 
and it all comes back to like Dune came out in I think eighty four the movie that sounds and right. eighty four was like the second Star Wars movie or the third Star Wars third. movie and you just have these Nerd very on the facts we just have these very distinct this one did a great job and this one did a meh mm-hmm. um, but Dune's got a cooler whole like premise yeah the aesthetic also looks, looks really better. interesting yeah like there's a lot here that i'm like dune's got to get a wave because mm-hmm. like i don't understand the star wars hype to the to the degree in which people have gotten there because mm-hmm. I, I i like star wars but like dune's been swept under and people would tell you that the the book is better than any of the books that you would read in a star wars universe who have read both okay so have you read both dennis no nah, no comment i gotta dennis but have you read I'll both? reconsider Dennis, have you read both? I have read a lot of Star Wars, but I have not read the Dune books, which I'm before you say anything, I have heard that they're great. I'm not gonna watch the movie until after I read the books. Okay. I'm not that guy. So again, watch the movie. Dennis is a huge Star Wars fan, so he's very upset with what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to like I have legitimately heard from multiple people who are fans of both that the 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 Dune book that's the originator of everything is better than any of the other books. Like it's so well though how it's written. Um, Jake co-signed. Okay. Uh, he's like my favorite book. Um, so again, I, I would, I would recommend that back to baseball and we're back to the baseball podcast. Uh, watch Dune. Let us know how you, uh, how you like Wilmer it. Flores goes, gets that strike. Yeah. They move on. <laughs> Wilmer's a dog when it comes to hitting with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like the air has been sucked out of the MLB season, though. Because the Giants aren't in? Or no one seems happy with how this is trending. No, it's because nobody likes who... Is going. Yeah. If the Dodgers are back in, everyone's like, ugh, again. I think if anybody's pulling for anybody, it's the Braves. Just because they, they've really kind of fought back. They lost to Cunha. They haven't been in the World Series since 99. They, they have a lot of heart. Eddie Rosario's been an absolute monster. Um, Shout out. Pablo Sandoval. Shout out Pablo Sandoval. Got, and then he got cut right after that trade too, which I think is hilarious. Uh, great, great moves. But the Braves, the Braves trade, li- trade deadline acquisitions have paid off drastically. Drastically. Like wildly. Yeah. And I, I love that. I, I, I think that's great. The, the moves that they made, they brought in some great bats, and Eddie Rosario has just been unbelievably clutch. And we talked about that at All-Star Game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are the Braves going to be able to do it? And Brian was like, yeah, yeah, they are. And I was like, this guy's crazy. We also were not anticipating the fall off that the Mets had, which is just an outlier. For sure. Thing. For sure. But, but I, I, again, you, the Braves you, had a good team. But you got to give the Braves credit now. At this absolutely. point, they're, they're, they're about to, to push it over the edge. And, and the thing is, too, and I, and I, I saw an interview with uh, Adam Duvall about this. They were in the exact same situation last year. The Braves were up 3-1, to one and they lost to the Dodgers. But the question to him was, does this feel like a different team? Does it, does it feel like you have a different handle on it? And I, I could argue yes, because like last season, for whatever reason, they just seemed like they the Dodgers were never really out of it. Right now, it seems like they're screwed in a in a big way. They got Max Reed on the bump tonight. Like the Braves easily could I shut just, the door right now. I just don't see like they have to win three games in a row to to to, to get it at this point. Yep. And like that's really assuming that the Braves are just gonna roll over. And we've talked. Freddie Freeman's a dog. Like, he can give you at least one game where he's the difference maker. I mean, his has been great. The first two games of the series, he was 0 for 8. Yep. After that, I believe he's, like, 
eight for 17 or yep. something like that. Like and then he changes again. Flip the switch. And, and if he's on, it's hard to win. Yep. Because he makes that lineup, like, you, you're scared. Every pitch you throw to him, you have to think. You, you're. It's a high-stress, high... Stress, high and we go back, like, so this is a question I guess I'll pose to you. Okay. Does the current situation and does the current balance of the Dodgers and how good they've been and where they're at and the fact that they might get bounced here, does it, one, give you more respect for what the Yankees did in the late 90s, early 2000s? Two... Is that the greatest dynastic team in the history of baseball? The Yankees? Yeah. Well, I'll start with the current state of the Dodgers. Okay. Um, well, first of all, they just lost Justin Turner for the, the remainder of the season, yep. whatever that being. Yep. Um, with a hammy. Yes, with a hammy. Uh, I think we looked at them and said, this team is by far the most talented team. Yep. But then all of a sudden... They've got guys moving around every which way. Gavin Lux all of a sudden is playing center field for the first time, and it's the postseason. A.J. Pollock's not in the lineup. Chris Taylor's moving over to third base at times. Like, If, if you guys were so stacked and so locked in at all nine positions, why are, why are all these like holes happening? And then you go to the pitching staff, and all of a sudden the pitching staff's failing. And Urias is shot. Max Scherzer looks good, but then the Braves still get to him like, what what's happening why why are they unfolding and it could be you know a multitude of reasons but i do at the same time absolutely have a wild respect for the late 90s yankees just for the grip that they had on the rest of the league was just like i wasn't conscious at that time but like looking back on it and like watching like my my parents had all these like vhs tapes from like the their their seasons and it's like wow this team was ridiculous well like, so so like and my point is at at this time right the Yankees won 96, 98, 99, 2000. Yep. They lost one World Series in five tries. Right? Yep. They 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 won four out of five. When you look at that and you see what that really is, I think there's a couple of things that that's done for baseball that's, that's I think, got to get reshaped in, in what belief it is. Okay. Because I, I think there's a lot to unpack with this now. Right with the Dodgers having the problems that they're having now, you can't just buy championships, right? Buying championships was maybe something the Yankees were able to do mm-hmm. then. It does not matter now, right? You have a situation where you have relievers that are so highly specialized, guys are throwing so much, the analytics mean so much that just having a guy who's great only matters in the bubble that is the regular season and will bear no results to do they win right because the dodgers are gonna they're they've won a lot right they've Mm -hmm. won a lot over the last seven years but they have not won as much as they should for what they are their pitching staff is by far the most loaded packed out pitching staff Mm -hmm. i know that there's guys missing from that but even still what they have left is better than what everybody else has absolutely their their lineup Getting Trey Turner and adding it into a lineup that was already good and had was stacked with these these high end contracts and these big time guys like the Dodgers should be winning way more than they are. Um, so when you go back and you see that team win four out of five World Series in the nineties, I don't like 
I give it so much more credit. Now, I think that the thing that has changed is Derek Jeter was not that good. Right? They, which everybody yeah, who fans, watches the show, <laughs> everybody who watches, listens to this knows I'm, I'm here for it because he was on one of the most dynastic teams in history. Mm-hmm. Like you, everybody at that time is now outsized remembered. Andy Pettit was a really nice pitcher. Right? Okay. But he happened to be born at a time where they consolidated a lot of talent that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I think is interesting, too, now that I'm looking at it? Obviously, the Dodgers have been in the playoffs in some capacity yeah. for the last seven years. Yeah, seven right? years. Right? What is the one difference between all of those postseasons? Between what? Between, let's call it 2015 and now. The difference in terms of what? What is the one one difference between all of the seasons? One simple factor. Kershaw. Nope. They only played 60 games last year, and they won the World Series. This year and all the other years, with and I would say the turnover on the team itself has been minimal. Like, you, you have the core guys yeah. for the most part. Yeah. They get to the postseason, and they were unable to finish. Yeah. Last year, 60 games, arms are fresher, everybody's still in a good place. They win the World Series. This year, all of a sudden, down 3-1. to one. Yeah, listen, I think the the whole the whole season having a long season hurts everybody and hurts some people more than others. Uh I don't know about how that really would have benefited them so so tremendously. Well, I'm saying now is you're getting to the point where all of a sudden their guys are burnt out. They're not producing. Yeah. You're talking about like the bubble of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always play in the regular season. No one disputes that. But then you get to the postseason and they may not have all the time, the correct outliers to win, like the Eddie yeah. Rosarios, right? Yeah. Like things like that. So again, it's the Buffalo Bills syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Buffalo Bills go to four straight Super Bowls, win none. Now, does that mean that the Buffalo Bills were worse than all than the teams they played against? No. Sometimes it's just how things play out, mm-hmm. right? One missed field goal changes the outcome of a of a of a whole generation of people. Buffalo Bills kick that easy field goal; it goes through. Giants don't have as many. Right, the Giants' whole life is treated differently than it is now. Right, the remembrance of what their '90s were is different. Mm-hmm. What what Eli Manning did was different. Everything's different based off of that one thing. The Buffalo Bills' whole remembrance of that time. You would have won one. You wouldn't have gone to four straight and lost. You would have gone to four straight and at least won one. Maybe they come in with more confidence to win each of those games, and they win a couple more of them. Now you're talking about a much bigger dynasty inside the Buffalo Bills organization, and everything's different. And so much of sports is, you know, that small little factor of luck, right? Buckner letting the ball, you know, go between his legs. Like, Mm -hmm. that changes the whole course of history for the Mets, Right, that whole team is looked at differently, yeah. but people will still tell you, right? Eighty-six Mets should have won way more than they did. Should have mm-hmm. won way more than they did. Well, why didn't they? Because there's so much that goes into it that's not about the game, right? There's so much that's luck. There's so much that's personality, right? Look, the Seventy Sixers right now, right? Seventy Sixers are, are are minutes away, inches away, moments away from going to the finals, right? And being able to get there, they lose games. But now you're, you're one of your top two players is suspended. You're not even playing him anymore. He's out. It's such a fickle thing. Yeah. Which, again, goes back to say, like, that 96 to 2000 Yankees, like, being able to do it on autopilot the way they did, mm-hmm. 
is incredible. Yeah. But it's, it also has made Yankees fans spoiled. Oh, absolutely. Because th- there's nothing like that in history. As good as the Yankees have been, you, I can look back to those ser- the, the titles they have when baseball wasn't real, and it was like an, an extra— yeah, like 30s, yeah, 40s. it was an extracurricular yeah. activity. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you guys were winning because you were the only, one, of, one of three teams with any money, mm-hmm. right? Like, because everybody else was pay- playing in, in random stadiums, and, and it was just a very different thing. Y'all were the, the dudes. Yeah. But since then, and the game has changed— those 90s Yankees, I got to give them props. Mm-hmm. Because as good as anything is, that might be the biggest dynasty that we've had in sports. Being a sports fan in the 90s must have been a good time. You get to watch the Bills dynasty, the Yankees dynasty. Well, Not the, the Bills, the uh, Bulls, excuse me. The Bull, So, again, so I, again, I'm, I'm an old-ass man, so I lived through all of that <laughs> stuff. right? So you had the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills dominated a good portion of the early 90s. Before that, it was the 49ers. And the 49ers ran the late 80s through the early 90s as well. So there was a lot of really great teams. You had Jerry Rice. You had Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Then you had Jerry Rice with Steve Young. right? So like there was a lot of dynasty with the 49ers organization. Um, and those were great. The Bulls dynasties. Again, I'm a Knicks fan. So like I watched the Knicks get tore apart by this organization that just had this collection of players. Um the the biggest thing though is you say that, but we have dynasties in in the two thousands. We oh, have we better have Gold, dynasties. Golden State, like no, Golden I, I State get Warriors, that. the sure. New England Patriots, Patriots absolutely. Right? Tampa Bay Lightning, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, sure. Um, <laughs> which I I don't know that might be a pickleball team. I'm not quite yes. sure. Cricket maybe. Uh, they like there's winning there. Um, Stranger <laughs> Things dynasty, like there's so yeah. many other dynasties that have happened since then. The Lannisters. The Lannisters. Oh, no. Listen, 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 listen. The things fell apart rapidly yes, there. Yes, they did. Yes, things they fell, did. There were, there were hundreds of years of control that mm-hmm. fe- very quickly fell apart. Um, that was, that was, the whole bloodlines were lost yes. in, in matters of matters of minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the Yankees, though, I would say I, I, I appreciate more now that we're getting out from it. Mm-hmm. Because you're watching teams that are great. You know, it's like the Spurs. The Spurs won, like, every other year for years. And and uh, they, they've got five rings with a collection of the same few guys. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, right? That's as good as the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. Um, that's better than, you know, the Lakers with Pau Gasol. The Yankees, though, that team, that, that like, five, six-year stretch, wow. Wow. Yeah. Looking back on it now, because it, it, the only comp for it is this Dodgers team, and they're worlds ahead of the Dodgers. Definitely. Which is insanity, because... Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the Dodgers have only won one championship, as much as they've been in the playoffs. They, they win 100 games, like, every year. That's dope. Cool. Say, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the Yankees were winning 115 games, and then still going on to just win World Series. Right. That's what I think which is more is, impressive. Which is why I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah. When, you, when you look at how good teams are, just the scale of their winning is crazy. But there's a lot of air, I feel like, out of this postseason. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's mainly because of the teams that are in it. Just yeah. kind of like, cool, Everybody hates watch that it's it. going to be the Strohs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's going to be so many people rolling for the Braves. Yep. I want to see the Braves win. Yeah, I have no ill will towards the Braves. I, I enjoy watching them. I think I dislike the Phillies more, but... 
yeah even then it's like not crazy of a rivalry for for me anyway yeah i think the team that i dislike the most in the nl east now Mm -hmm. is probably the nationals i can see that but like you didn't grow up with the glavin uh uh uh, tom glavin schmoltz uh smoltz maddox uh chipper jones era so like that's why you don't hate the braves as much because that was a dynastic. I mean, I, I hated Chipper Jones, but Clavin was already on the Mets at that I'm point. I'm saying that you like, old man Chipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like Chipper Chipper's daughter's name is Shay. Mm-hmm. Like yes. in memory of a place that he has fond memories of just constantly winning. Yeah. You know? So uh, 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 I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't like that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like right now there's there's not a lot of intrigue to this, mm-hmm. which is terrible because I felt like there was so much intrigue for so long. Absolutely, yes. But and uh, you know we had because we had like the White Sox, the Giants. Like there was just more like question marks, and it was like, oh, what's gonna happen? And now it's kind of, I de- I could definitely definitely see that there's a little less wind in the sails um, as we come down to the end of the season. And unfortunately, because the way MLB works, they don't really kind of put out a ton of like new news during the postseason, which is fine. I yeah. get that you want to focus on the playoffs and stuff like that. But I imagine that. Following these playoffs, there's going to be a lot of news stories about CBA, about this and that. Oh, perfect example. Minor leagues, they're getting their housing Housing. paid for. That's huge. Massive. I love that so much. I don't know why it took this long. Well, again, I think that part of why it took so long was the fact that there were too many minor leagues. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. So them shrinking it it down, you knew that there's going to start being more layers that got put into this as things went along. Um, I think housing and people who don't recognize this, if guys are still getting paid the same that they were getting paid before, but you're now going to provide them housing and food, right? Mm -hmm. Then none of these guys are going to need to stop being pros. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of changes to what that is. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I've seen them do a a lot better job of is Arizona Fall League is being promoted a lot better right now. Oh, yeah. Than I feel like it's ever been promoted. Yes. And I think some of it has to do with like, obviously, there's always big starts in the Arizona Fall League. The guys that you know are going to be in the league right. very shortly. Um, but I think a lot of them have good social media presence. A lot of them were in the Futures uh, futures game this year. Yep. Um, and it's you're, you're seeing all all these guys are, you know, we got Brett Beatty being an absolute monster. I look forward to seeing 14, his butt. 1,400 OPS right now. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, he's legit. Um, but, yeah, I think they're doing a great job promoting it. And, like, now all of, everyone, like, you know the – you know, like Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rushman, like all you know the guys. Yeah. But you're getting to see them a little more. They're all more on social media because they go to their minor league teams and you don't hear about them really. Like, yes. You don't get to see them anywhere. And well, so we've talked about that in the past. Like guys get lost when they get drafted, and you forget about them mm-hmm. by showcase by having less minor systems. It's easier to keep track of where a guy is. Right. Right. Once he gets to once he gets to A, there's only A. Right. We're we're in instructs and then we're in A ball. Right. And then, like, the low A is not really a low A anymore. It's a, it's a very different kind of, like, spring. It's borderline instructional yeah, league. Yeah, right. It's so mostly like, practice. One, once you're there, there's really only these, these three main levels, and there's less that's going on inside of it. So I feel like it's now easier to track who mm-hmm. is really a, a player and who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that thing keeps guys in the consciousness a little bit longer. But now I feel like, especially with how well they're promoting on social media, what's happening with the Arizona Fall League and like what they've put into it. The guys who are, like you said, 
anywhere between next season, middle of next season, to September call-up level mm. are all playing together right now to find out who are the studs. Yep. Right? And it's happening during the playoffs where there's less other baseball. There's all, mm-hmm. So they're just a much better job of developing out that side of the game. You know what I think it is, too? A lot of those guys, people anticipated being September call-ups this year. And it was like, why aren't they being called up? And then like people were kind of looking into, all right, who else was supposed to be like the guy in every 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 uh, organization? Now they're all like being in the fall league, and you're hearing more about them. And it's like, all right, cool. If anything, it's not that bad of a thing that they weren't called up because I think next year they'll be even more hyped to get them in the league, and people meet like more following them and seeing what they're doing. So yeah, I I hope so. Again, I think that the, the September call up issue, right? Just. Mm-hmm boggles my mind this year yeah i felt like there just wasn't no one was brought up it Nobody. felt like barren across the league yep and there were so many teams too it was like it makes perfect sense you guys are not in it get adley rushman in the league why is he not here so we can control another year yep and like especially that, with cba coming and, up and that's my point like that you 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 put a worse product on the field yeah so again i i like i like that the league is promoting these guys a little bit more mm-hmm my my sense that I don't like is that the MLB owners are trying to monetize the young guys better mm-hmm. before they have to pay them, right? Which really, if people start watching more AAA and AA baseball, it's just helping the owners of the organizations offset costs. Yeah. And these guys are still getting paid peanuts, right? So, like, they're not making any money. They're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So, like, I hate that, too. The only thing that's going to solve it is what we talked about a few episodes ago. Five-year contracts, guys can move on and make the minors legitimate. You know, Then you'll have player movement at the minor league level. GMs will have to do more. It'll function more like the Atlantic League where guys are really you know, trading teams, trying to position themselves on a roster that gives them the best opportunity to showcase and develop. I, I hope that. But speaking of Brett Beatty, the Mets can't find anybody who wants to run their team. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I know an article just came out on why Billy Bean is choosing not to do it, and it makes perfect sense. He's got a family in Oakland and doesn't want to. Leave I feel them like did and... no one watch the movie? Like, did they not? No, did they not I... notice Dad turning around the car and like not going to the Boston Red Sox? Did everybody miss Brad Pitt going home and turning down the Red Sox yeah. job? Like that's why. I, and I saw people try, like trying to get Pujols to go back to St. Louis. I was like, he's not going there. He spent 10 years in L.A. He's not leaving his family. Like, you got to get it. At some point, people aren't doing that. If any, if the Mets are going to, like, pull anybody in, it's got to be either somebody, like, younger. Like, because they're going after guys who are in great positions already. Like, Theo Epstein doesn't want to move. The guy from the assistant GM for the Brewers doesn't want to go anywhere. He's in a great, like, great spot, great team. Like, and, and, But it is also mind-boggling because I don't think, like, coming into the Mets job, it's not going to be that hard. You have unlimited money, and you can kind of – the pieces that you need are, like, relatively obvious. Like, you could sit here right now and GM the Mets, and you probably make the right decisions because there's not that many to be made. So, I mean, is this my official petition for me to be the GM of the Mets? Because I'll take the job. right? I'll do it for cheap as well as long as I get to run the podcast once a week out of my office. Um, listen, I, I, I get you. I think the downside that everybody has is – it looks like the Mets job is a premium, a premium job. Mm-hmm. The downside is there's a lot of like organizational chaos 
yeah. that still exists internally that's got to get weeded out, mm-hmm. right? Like, you think Sandy's part of the issue? I think Sandy's got to f and go. Yeah, I think they got to wipe it. I think that's everyone's kind of you know pointing at different things. But like, like, how do you move on from Sandy at this point? Nobody wants to take the job. Sandy doesn't want the job. Like Sandy's hired like seven guys to like do the job so he can do something else and just get paid money to not be that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's being forced to also be that guy. So I just don't want this. Like, yep. why does no one want it? I think the mesh job is a lot funkier than people think. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision on Baez. You have to make a decision on Stroman. You have to make a decision on Syndergaard. You have to make a decision on Conforto. There's a lot that's going on where you're having to decide big money deals, big decision-making things that like can go right or left, and you're walking into a CBA that is an unknown. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I got it is it is question marks, but in the in the bubble of let's say the CBA goes through smoothly. Yep. I feel like there are like like you're saying like though like at least you know the decisions that have to be made. Do you pay Strowman yes or no? I mean, you're going to send a qualifying to Syndergaard probably. Yes. Do you pay Conforto yes or no? Probably not. I'd probably go my, after somebody my, else. My deal is no. Yeah. So, and do you extend Baez? In my opinion, yes. yes. Absolutely. Do you I, trade McNeil? Yes. Do you trade uh, J.D. Davis? Package him for a pitcher probably. Do you trade McCann? Not yet. Not yet. Right, like Francisco's not ready. When Francisco's ready to be on a but big I don't think roster, it's just I, just I don't think it's just Francisco. But I'm talking about like in the line of succession of our catchers. Tomas, that's what I'm saying. I think you keep McCann and Tomas. I think that's fine. But if you had Tomas and uh, what's his name, Mazikas, Mazika, Mazika, pa- Patrick Mazika, right? Like you could get by. Is you that could. like your is that your premier thing? No, you're gonna but you're gonna get Tomas in the lineup a little bit more, right? Who and. Don't get me wrong. He did perform when he was in the lineup, yeah. which is great. And he's a great defensive catcher. No question McCann, about that. McCann, I think, had a down year. I think he's better than the player that he is. Yes. But also, at the same time, like we're seeing that Alvarez is going to move fast. He's going to be a rapid mover next year. Yeah. Right? Because he's going to start off in double A. He's not going to start off in high A again. He's going to start off in double A. If he starts off in double A and he hits, he's going to be brought up. I don't even know if he needs to go to triple A at that point. I just don't want to have a Gary Sanchez situation. Because from what I understand, he needs to work on his defense a lot. So let's let's pull this back. Let's un, let's unwrap this whole thing. Okay. Would you take a young Gary Sanchez situation? Like what? Hitting and just nukes and What bad. was Gary Sanchez when he first came up? Because I think everybody's remembering Gary Sanchez now. But like, but young, I, but like younger Gary... Younger, younger Gary, Gary was a phenomenally problem. for sure, but his defense was even worse then. Right, but I'm, listen, I, I'm 2015, with you. 2015, uh, no, that's a lie. 2016, he uh, 53. Let's go full season. 2017, he had 122 games. No, okay. no, no, no. Give me, give me 2016. Fine, because that that in my head is what I'm saying is Fine. that he would play he half played, the played season. 50 games. Okay, cool. He played half the season in Double A. He batted 299 with 20 home runs, 42 RBIs, and a 1,032 OPS. And then the very next year, he was the full-time guy. Mm-hmm. He was an 876. Then he got hurt. Then 2019, he was an all-star again, had an 841. Since he has not been able to play the way that he wanted to. Yeah. What does that coincide with? Judge and Stanton playing DH more often and him having to catch more. And my point is, is that the National League is potentially going to get a DH mm-hmm. position in the not-too-distant future. Right? 
young Gary was never the level of prospect that Francisco Alvarez currently is. Mm-hmm. Alvarez will be his age 20 season next year. Yeah, yes, I believe that's true. If the Mets are not like killing it at that spot, what are you holding him down for? He had what, 27 home runs or whatever it was this year? Yeah, something ridiculous. As a as a as a minor league dude who didn't play a ton of games. He had 24 home runs and 327 at bats. A typical guy, let's say, gets 500 at bats. That means he would have been on pace for 40 home runs or more. Yep. Right. So like 35, 40 home runs at catcher. Mm-hmm. We're talking that that he's, you know, top catcher in the league. He he's that guy, age 20, age 21. Uh, listen, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. If if that's what his bat is at a major league level. Glorious. See, that's why that's why I think Mets fans wouldn't want me to be the GM. If if I was the GM of the Mets, I'd go full rebuild. Okay. I'd go mini. I'd go mini rebuild. I'd let it get gutted this year. I'd let it get gutted this year, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'd use this year as the ability to find where do I have young studs, so that I can then go and attack known weaknesses so then would, would you move all your young studs to like triple a so that they're at like they're already there well like okay so fine let's say Beatty and vientos are Beatty, vientos and khalil lee will all be triple a at triple a next year sure and then, so that's a third that's a left fielder that's a third baseman and a center fielder so where are we weak where do we have where do we have openings what you just said pretty much that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I wouldn't just say, yo, if these guys hit in spring training, I'm fine. Vientos was a stud at AAA. Khalil Lee was a stud at AAA. Mm-hmm. Beatty's the only guy who doesn't have AAA experience. That's why he's the guy who's right now in the Arizona Fall League because they want to see him competing against those guys who are all AAA level mm-hmm. to see what's up. And, he and he's smoking OPS. them all, right? Yeah. Yep. He bat- got 444 batting average or something like that. Like, and he's smoking the ball. So he's showing you that he's that guy. Cool. Let, I'm going full youth. Vientos, Beatty, Khalil Lee, they're on the, in my lineup next year, and I'm moving on from a whole bunch of cats. Conforto can, can go wherever he's going to go because he, he could be part of a solution, but he's not going to be part of mine. Mm-hmm. Like That's the thing, right? Like Math is funny, right? 5 plus 5 and 2 plus 8 gets you to the same point, mm-hmm. right? So I don't need to do it only one way. I can do it a whole bunch of different ways. So like, if you look at me and you say, "Well, how do you? How are you going to move on from a guy like Conforto, who's been one of your better hitters?" Well, you, Very listen, easily. <laughs> I, I, if he walks, we get a first round pick if he signs somewhere potentially, mm-hmm. right? If he walks and he's a first round pick for somebody else, great, right? At this point in time, do we also have the first round pick for? You have two Stroman? first rounders. This but I'm saying, year. will we get a first Ooh, round pick for Stro? That's a good question. I think we get the first round pick for Stro because Possibly, yeah. he played. But I also multiple... don't want him to go. Well, so I, I am okay with Stroman going. Eh. I'm with you. I like his personality. I like. Oh, not even else. that for his skill set. But his skill set to me, he's an early 30s pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Who is really, really solid. But if his velocity starts to fade, even a little bit, mm-hmm. the things that he's good at are going to get worse more rapidly than guys who have a little bit more juice on their ball. 
Mm. Right? So he doesn't have a lot of room to play in the back half of a contract. Secondarily, what's he going to ask for? Right? Yeah. Is is he going to ask for borderline? He's going to ask for like 25 probably. Ooh, more. Are you talking Stroman? Per year? Stroman. I per have. Year? So right now he's asking for five to six years worth uh, $25 million annually at the minimum, and there's no draft pick attached to him. Okay. Cool. So the no pit draft pick attached to him is is, is sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they don't have a draft compensation for him when he's been there. Like, Did he get traded to us? Yeah. Okay, so then maybe that team, maybe the Blue no. Jays hold it? They don't. Nobody, nobody gets it. It's okay. gone. It's it's washed then. Okay. But it, like typically, I know that like uh, Javi Baez, we wouldn't get anything for if he left. Mm-mm. But that's because we got him halfway through the season. Stroman, right. I I thought that like it's probably some weird having him for multiple years. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would work out. Yeah. Um, but uh, we already have two for this upcoming year. If we yeah. Conforto, that's three. Like, we're that, and that's stacked. my thing. So like, then then the question becomes, what's 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 the deal with Dom Smith? Right, so like in, in in Billy's world, if we're if we're running this all the way to the moon on what we want, I'm moving on from Dom Smith too. So who's your DH? My DH JD Davis. Okay. I'd rather keep JD and let him DH because I think his bat is more violent and more dangerous at this point in time than Dom Dom Smith's. I can see that. And and Dom had a great year, but even when you comp his year up against a good J.D. Davis year, they're very similar. And I would rather have the defensive versatility of J.D. Davis being able to play infield mm-hmm. at third base than Dom Smith's versatility of left, left and first. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like it's easier for me to – McCann can play some first. He can. The only thing is Dom, Dom being a lefty bat helps. Yeah. For balance, but – I feel like Conforto is a lefty bat. Like there's their bats just not performing though. It doesn't matter if you're lefty, righty, mm-hmm. all that stuff doesn't matter if you can't hit. Uh, our infield is great if we return Javi. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my point. Like I think if we gutted it, and the out and like the DH was JD, the third baseman was Beatty, the left fielder was Vientos, the center fielder was Khalil Lee. And right field was Nimmo. I'll go with that lineup for next year, and I'll 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 it's definitely a gamble. I'll dance with the devil. But is it? Uh, I think in a lot of people's eyes, yeah. Just because just because purely out of youth. If the if the infield, if the infield and Nimmo hit the way that they did in the second half, mm-hmm. the Mets will be a good team. Because Pete Alonso is still there. Mm-hmm. Javi there full season. Lindor, from the time just before he got hurt till after he came back, was the Lindor we all saw. Mm-hmm. Right? 900 OPS guy. Yep. Third base, you can call it Beatty, but you just say our DH is JD. Right? Mm-hmm. That's now four legitimate hitters. If McCann is still there, right? At one point in time, he was one of the top 10 hitters at his position. Right? Nimmo is still a guy. You're not talking. You have five or six positions that you have known quantities. Khalili had a 950 OPS in a full season at AAA. He's a former high draft pick. He is in his early 20s. I think he's 22. Something. Maybe yeah. 23. Dude, I got to see what he is. And I can't just give him 25 at bats. I got to give him 300. 
because we talk about it with J.D. Davis. J.D. never got a lot of at-bats. You couldn't see what he fully was. He finally comes to the Mets. He gets a lot of at-bats. He shows that the guy I was in the minor leagues is the guy I am. But I needed to figure it out. I need to be given time. I, I would argue one change to your lineup. Hit me. I would not go with J.D. Davis as my D.H. I would use him as a trade piece, okay. and I would sign Castellanos. And then you want, you want Castellanos I want him so bad. bad, but hear me out. Hear me out. Then him and Nimmo alternate as a DH, because then you have still have Nimmo in the lineup, and if he's not DHing, he plays right field in Castellanos. And Castellanos has been injury prone in the past, so you kind of have that little flip flop there. Beatty still gets to play left field, and I prefer Castellanos's bat over JD. So like to me, and we're talking about making like one major signing. If so, this is my point, right? Why would you make that signing if we were going to go this route? Because I think he has more upside than JD by a lot. But like my point to you is, do we know? Like we have no idea what the upside of the three guys I'm talking about is, and we still got Francisco Alvarez and uh, Ronnie Mauricio in the pipeline, right? That's, that's fine. My thing is, is that we won't know what any of these guys have unless we're willing to sacrifice the the seven eight nine hole in our lineup. That's and fine. we talk about Do that. Villar, Villar bats whatever he bats, but runners in scoring position, homie batted 150. Like, why is that guy getting it bats over Khalil Lee? The genuine, genuine question. The easy answer is just because of the contract situation. You don't want to call him up and then have to lose a year on him. But you're, but that's the thing, right? If you don't bring him up and you're willing to just see a guy for a year you never even know what you have listen all i'm saying is castellanos batted 309 with a 939 ops i am not saying a castellanos is not an amazing player and i know you want castellanos and i know you want to open the purse strings and get after it I'm, listen i'm i'm totally fine if we're using your plan of let's be conservative but also let's get our youth up here and figure it out if those are our guys and that's the cheap end right like that's the cheap version and then they're in the league, and they can figure it out at the big league level, and then all of a sudden we're a dynasty for the next 10 years because everybody's a god. Okay. I think he's a good, like, if we're going to like have certain veteran guys in certain places. So then your point is is that instead of J.D. Davis staying and being a cheap DH option who costs $4 million to have a 900 OPS, we're going to pay $30 million to have somebody have a 930 OPS. J.D. What did JD have this year? Probably like eight fifty to eight eighty. Can't spell. Making two point one million this year. What was his OPS? I'm working on it. We got two guys racing for the OPS right here. OPS was eight twenty. Two eighty five with twenty. No, that's a lie. Two eighty five with five home runs. But how many games in, did he play? In. 73 games. So he was hurt, and that's one of the bigger things that pulled him down this year. What was last year in the shortened year? 761 OPS, 247, six home runs. And then what was the year before that? 895, 307, 22 in right. 140 games. So the, the year that he got 140 and was healthy, right, he's a mid-800 OPS guy, and he costs – Minimal. Now I'm with you. Castellanos is a better player, right? A hundred percent. My only my only downside for it is I just don't see the Mets as being a World Series team next year. That's fine. 
because I just there there there's too many what ifs. I've seen I've seen a lot of predictions saying 2023 is when we'll be the the contender. So with that, I'm sacrificing my pawn in 2022. So so that's that's even more so why I say get Castellanos because I think the free agent class after next year is going to be very weird. It's going to be like some pitchers, all the big shortstops are gone. Like uh, Otani, I guess. Like. If you want to go that route, sure. <laughs> take take Otani two for one deal. We go back to your your previous trade. Send all the whole send the moon for him. Listen, I send all the guys I'm cutting right now. So so, <laughs> would you? Uh, I think I think you had you had some of our big prospects in there. So you bring yeah. them up, they do great their first year. Yeah, trade them for Otani. No, there you go. But that's my point. Like right now, I trade all the guys because I don't know what they are. But like without us knowing what they are, we're we're stuck in this 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 like weird ass world, right? Like Wander Franco, like everybody assumed was the guy, right? But you had to bring him up. And they brought him up in the middle of they were the number one team. And he is in fact the guy. And but he got to go through some lumps. Mm-hmm. Jared Kalenic has gotten to come up and just be a guy on a team. And they almost made it. Because the, the reality is, is that we talked about it. Like, if a guy comes up with running in scoring position and his batting average for the season is 220, but when he has runners in scoring position, his batting average is 280, the guy is going to produce for me and we're going to win some games. Yeah. If I'm looking at the back end of my lineup, if the, my I'm so damn top-heavy, right? Like, how many teams in MLB have a better big four? Then Nimmo, Baez, Lindor, and Pete Alonso. Um, Stack another team's four guys who are better Dodgers. than this. So who are the four guys who are better? Um, let's say Turner, Muncie. So Turner, you already got me. Which Turner? That's the other question. Trey. Okay. That's fine. Trey, Muncie. Um, Okay, I lied. Seager's gone next year. I, I could say Justin Turner. Cody Bellinger doesn't count anymore. He's been playing like shit. Uh, let's go with... And Max, and Max Muncy is not better than Pete. But he was an all-star this year. That's all I'm saying. Right, but yeah, yeah. he's not better than... All I'm saying is he's not better than Pete. Sure. He's not better than Pete. Fine. They, 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 he had 249 batting average this year, 36 home runs. Right? Pete had more home runs, better batting average. And he was... He was bad to start the year. Lindor, Lindor, I'll, I'll match up Lindor Maybe against Turner. the Red Turner. Sox, Astros, but the Astros the, are falling the apart. The Blue Jays, I would the say. Blue are Jays. The Blue Jays, yeah. So I'll tell you, the Blue Jays are the team with the lineup. Yeah. But my point to you is, is that those top four that we have match up against almost everybody else's top four. It right? plays, for sure. Yes. At that point, sacrifice the back end. Don't bring in the $6 million, $8 million veteran. Just bring up a young dude. Because I don't know. I could pay a guy $500,000 next year who could be Wander Franco. Like, if Brett Beatty is David Wright, what are we talking about? So, what do you think is more the fear there? A, being you lose their service time, or B, that you, quote-unquote, ruin the player from bringing them up too soon? I think it's the service time. Okay. I think the, the bigger fear... 
and it's the it's the inappropriate fear mm-hmm. is that pe- teams are afraid to lose an age 27 28 season to free agency yeah they want to have you until you're 30 because mm-hmm. they've now gotten three out of your your six prime years for without having to give you a new contract right so in order to get there I got to bring you up as close to 23 24 as I can in order for me to control you for as long as I possibly can. So I, I'm trying to get to age 23 seasons with guys. Mm-hmm. So when I have a guy like Brett Beatty, who's going to be 22 next year, right? He's 21 right now. Mm-hmm. So I have a guy who's going to be 22 next year. I'm looking at that and go, if I keep him down one more year, I then bring him up. I then will have him till he's 29. We'll sign him to a contract when he's 29 Instead of having to sign to a tra- contract at 27, 28. I also don't know if bringing in a new GM, if they're going to want the responsibility of bringing up all of our big prospects. Because that comes with like... That's why, you, that's why you make me the GM. Because I don't care, right? Like if, if you're looking at this and I, I'm relatively smart, I can handle this, right? We're going to come in. You can just hang anything you want to on my neck. Oh, so you actually... But if I win like a mother effer, mm-hmm. if I win like... If this turns out that I play, I'm playing chess and I'm playing 3D chess, and y'all are playing checkers, then I'm just, I'm the GM for life. Like I'm I'm in. I'm here. I get Buying to cash from this thing. I get to do whatever the hell. Yeah. Well, so if I take these risks and they pay off, right? And and we we shoot a shot and I bring up a whole bunch of young dudes and I flip the script on the whole league. Who's are, are players in the organization going to love me? Of course. They're going to love me, right? Because mm-hmm. I went against the grain. I did everything player-specific. I'm a, pl- I'm a player's GM. Mm-hmm. You're great. Oh, you're 20? You're great? You're up. Oh, well, that's a dumb move by the GM. Why? Because I lost service time six years from now? Are you drunk? I like, I'm a win knows. now. You know what I'm going to draft for the next six years? I'm going to draft a first-round pick every year. And if I'm good again, if I'm good at my effing job, and I'm good at developing. You know what's going to happen when that guy becomes a free agent? I should have somebody who could replace him. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I suck. Yeah. Guess what? All the GMs in the league suck. It's why the the, like the, the Rays are about to like do the reset button again. Yeah. That, but they're going to be they're going to be 18 months later they're going to be the a, dogs. That's a perfect point, okay? You only really hear about the GMs who are constantly being active not passive in their moves an aj preller i forget who the gm is of the race that guy the red sox gm like the guys who are making the moves going out getting the right guys all the time constantly there's a reason you know them and everybody else is kind of just like slowly playing this bad game of chess yeah totally agree. like everybody we we know brian cashman Mm -hmm. right because he won a whole bunch of shit back in the with this dynastic team he's still living off of the team that he assembled by luck, mm-hmm. by chance to some degree, right? Like, so I was thinking about this the other day, right? What, what's, how good, how good are coaches in the NFL? Like, what's the real difference between this guy and that guy? Because you really start to get to it, and it's the, the, the damn quarterback, right? Patrick Mahomes is, an, is a really good quarterback. What the player everybody thought he was is a lie. It's proving out this year it's a lie. Well, his tight end's gotten older. Right, he he's the running game where he had Kareem Hunt when he was young. He, that guy's gone, so the running game's not the same. 
And now he's in a position where his offensive line's not elite. And it's like, oh, wow, he's making a whole bunch of mistakes. He's throwing a football. Who does he look like? He looks like the, the ghost of Josh Allen. Well, when he was young and everybody was like, oh, he's transcendent. He had this team. You, the team went 12-4 and four the year he was a rookie. He played one game that year. And then he took over that team next year. Like, they drew, the Chiefs the year they drafted and traded up with the Buffalo Bills to take Patrick Mahomes. They had the 26th pick mm-hmm. because they were a good-ass team. Like, so you walked into this great thing. So was the player great? Is the GM great? Who, who was great? The answer is the GM of the Chiefs was great because he saw what he had built. And he said, I can shoot a shot. Yep. And now I'm going to get a better player. And when he goes into this mix, we're going to win a Super Bowl. And they did. You've won. Now you got to reset, reload, do it again. Right? Mm-hmm. Mitch Kupchak, who, runs, who, who ran the, the, um, the Lakers, he lost Shaquille O'Neal. They won three in a row. Friction between him and Kobe. Shaq leaves, goes to the Heat, wins a title. Kobe can't win. They had to reset, reload, and turn over a team built around this Kobe, mm-hmm. not Kobe and Shaq. Then they won another three titles. You killed it. Yeah, you had a great player. You had all, but you lost this whole. Imagine if Jordan lost Pippen after the first three. He never would have won again. Mm-hmm. Not a single time. We wouldn't look at him the same. That's where the world is just so much about your circumstances, how you put it together. So bringing this back around to like the the MLB, everybody's afraid because they're making decisions on not losing their jobs and not win the effing game, right? Like as someone who wouldn't care if he lost the GM job, I'll go do something else. Like think about like who was a bad coach in the NFL? Adam Gase. Right? No, he's the worst coach in NFL history. Sorry. I'm saying, who was a bad ML? And I'll stay with the Jets, right? Eric, Tom, Man- Eric, Eric Mangini. Mangini. Okay. Right? Was Eric Mangini a good coach? No. Really. He took over Herman Edwards' team, mm-hmm. right? Had a little bit of early success and then faded because he didn't know how to do it by building it up. What's Eric Mangini do now? No clue. He's a commentator, right? He goes on Fox Sports 1 and he, he does segments every week, gets paid money to talk about football. As former head coach, hey coach, like, so if I lose the GM job, Steve Phillips, who ran the Mets, like, he was on baseball shows for years after, bro, I'll just go, I'll be on TV, I'll have a podcast. Like if I, I, that's if I, what I've seen also is like why people are scared to take the GM job for the Mets is because they're saying if you... If you goof in New York, you're just never going to get a shot at any other GM job. So fine. If you don't want to be a GM, I don't give a – Bro, <laughs> play to win the yeah, – every, and that's my thing. It's like too many of these guys are like, yo. Like, and, and I get it. I understand. Like you grinded to get to the top. You've done all this stuff to get yourself in position, mm-hmm. right? And you've got two different choices to make, right? Number one, just don't fuck up. Number two – Try to do everything you would to win. Almost no one takes the second option. That's why, again, Buffalo Bills fan, big baller bean, right? The the GM of the Buffalo Bills has done everything right. Drafts in the third round, Devin Singletary. Singletary is a, a stud. Looks incredible. Wow, the Bills really like, they, they pull one over on the NFL. Very next year, Zach Moss falls to him. Too good of value, take him too. Well, you, you have too many guys. 
Well, yeah, but you know what? Now we have two running backs who we believe in, so it doesn't matter. We'll never have a problem where we won't have a running back. We, we, we've double-dipped on, on mm-hmm. the whole thing. Wide receiver. They just trade for, for Stephon Diggs. They got Cole Beasley. They got John Brown. They still draft two wide receivers in that draft. Right? Like, you, you, you look at how they have safety. Jaquan Johnson's a backup safety for the Bills that nobody who's listening to me right now even knows who he is. Right? He stepped in because Jordan Poyer missed a week. Mm-hmm. Picked off a ball. Killing it. Stud. Was a four-year starter in college. He's been waiting in the wings for four years behind two pro bowlers. He comes stud. Like, that team is developed, is doing it the way you would do it. They traded, they they had the 10th overall pick. Somebody was like, yo, we want to take Patrick Mahomes. They said, cool, we'll trade with you. The bills for Patrick Mahomes got Tredavious White, Tremaine Edmonds, and Josh Allen. You, the, the Chiefs should be looking at this as, we got hosed by the Buffalo Bills. Not the reverse. The Bills got hosed by the Chiefs. You got hosed. Because if you, you're telling me right now the Chiefs couldn't use a Pro Bowl corner? Absolutely could. Stone okay. Cold. Linebacker? Their defense sucks. Oh, and, and a quarterback who's just as good as the guy you have. So GM this shit up. So bringing this back to baseball for a second. <laughs> Sorry, anybody who doesn't like the Buffalo Bills. Um, if no you're one. the GM of the Mets, okay, and let's say next this coming year for funsies, you have put in the youth. We are the youngest team in baseball now. Yep. What is in your head as you're sitting down to make this? And let's say you're you're the GM for the next 10 years. How many years are you looking at that group until it's time for you to f- do it again and flip the script? The numbers tell me. Okay. You you don't look at it as bring these guys up and let's go all in for three years and then reevaluate? Or is there is there any time frame you'd consider? I'll do it anyway. Like So I'll Ricky Bobby it. Sure. Right? So I in, in fantasy football, I'm a Ricky Bobby. Right? My man over here knows. Right? Dennis is in a league with me. I am. I will make the reckless trade. I'll overthrow people in. And I'll... I'll sp- you're either first or last. Because you play, you play it to win the game. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm coming in... Like, you look at the Yankees, and I say about the Yankees all the time. The Yankees are built to win games in a regular season and then lose in the playoffs. You know what you get? A team that makes a lot of money every year but will not win because they won't rip the Band-Aid off and just do the thing. Yep. Uh, in my head, I know I have on infinity money, right? Yes, you do. Well, Uncle Steve. Yes. So if I want to shoot a shot financially and I bring a sound plan that makes sense, I have whatever money I want to spend. So I literally, I have no downside for any of the decisions I make. But I look at him and I say, yo, I don't look at this team right now and say I know enough about the team that we're one or two signings away to be an elite and being able to compete with these guys for championships. Second, how much worse do we think we are than the Atlanta Braves? Not much. <clears throat> we walked into the season thinking we were better. So, if I don't think I'm that far, I really just need to inject youth that's cheap onto this team. Right? Like, Would you ever spend big money? Oh, yeah. Big money. I'm here for the title. Like, I'm here for title town. Like, I'll, okay. I'll spend away. But you got to tell me. But not like, yet. I just personally don't believe that you're spending money in the right spots. I would, what would never you spend s- big money on. I will spend big money on pitching okay. and a top 10 player. Top 10 prospect or top player? 10 player, okay. Player. Like, there's no amount of money. Like, if I could go back in time and I can pitch guys stuff, right? Would you trade for Tyler Glass now, right now? No. 
I would trade. Because they said he is on the trade block. I would trade Jacob DeGrom right now. Like, we've had this conversation. Yes, we have. Like, if, I, if you told me that I, I look and I go back and I, and I use it just because it's a simple idea in my head and I don't know enough about everybody's prospects and organizations. Mm-hmm. If, if, I looked at the, if I looked at the Mariners who feel like they're on the cusp <clears throat> and I said that I'll take Justin Dunn, Jared Kalenic back, right, and another prospect for the best pitcher in baseball, and they do it. I'll do it tomorrow. That's right? crazy. Could it better be their best prospect other than Jared Kelly? My my biggest thing is is that I'm I'm looking at my circumstances with Jacob Degrom, and there's this window that's open, but money is not my problem. So if I have any pitcher, right? If I have any pitcher that's available financially on the market that I want, I can have. Mm-hmm. So like pitching is the easiest thing for me to overpay for. Yeah. In all of baseball. So why am I investing? Why would I not look at this and say, let me reset my payroll on my pitcher? Mm. Right? Because if I, if I take Jake and Jake's cheap as a, as a elite prospect, if you trade Jake, right. And I re-sign Syndergaard because I look at Syndergaard and I go late twenties. Like if I sign him for five years after this, because he's 28 now. Right. Something like that. But yes, I I agree. He's in the past been a top three pitcher in the league. So if I look at that and I say, okay, let's see how Cindy is back, Mm -hmm. right? Let's see where he's at. I got Tyler McGill. I got Carrasco. Where is my other stuff? But if I could go back in time, I I didn't understand why we let Zach Wheeler go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So like when we all talked about this, what? so now Zach Wheeler's a stud. That's where you didn't spend money and you needed to, Mm -hmm. right? Like Different ownership, different. For sure, for sure. But like that's a moment where I would have said there's no amount of money that I wouldn't pay my guy. Absolutely. I know you. You know me. I love you. How much will he dig for me? Because I kept him and I tried. He got you. Oh, you got you got that much money from the Phillies? Great. Here's $3 million more per year. How old's Uh, 29. Right? Like, I look at that and I say, hey, I don't know what he's going to want. But I know right now, top of my head, if I even wanted to buy out this season, if I told him I'll sign you for five years, $22 million a year, he might take it. Mm-hmm. Right, because he doesn't know what he is coming back. This year's eighteen, cash on top. He might want to risk it, but he might not. He might look at it and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a hundred and ten million dollar contract. We can make the the fifth year an option, right? We can mm-hmm. make three years, two year player option. He can pick up, he can turn down. Cool. You have your guaranteed money with us. You have the choice to choose if you want to stay. If you want to leave, three years from now, reset yourself in. He's thirty two, but I have the money." Yeah. If he's great, here's the money. Yeah, I think if if we're going by your builds, yeah. yes, spending big money on pitching, that will cover up for the fact that the youth might not be excellent at the plate yet. But, I don't, but they yeah. also could that's be. That's my thing. Is, but yeah, that's the that's where I would allow for the boomer bust to happen because you know your pitching staff will have a 3-5 What year am I end. getting? What am I getting for Dom Smith? And what am I getting for JD Davis? I think the better question is, what do you get packaging them together? Whatever you want, right? Whatever you want to say. I'm going to send two guys who recently have hit 800 OPS seasons, right? Who are, who are both in their 20s still. Mm-hmm. They're both under team control, right? Those I'm going to trade you those guys. What are you giving me? What am I getting for Jeff McNeil, the lost man in our conversation today? So let's say that I get back some competent pitching, mm-hmm. right? I get, I get back some competent pitching from a team who's overpitched under bat. Right? Who's the team right now who's overpitched under bat that we can think of on the top of our head? Overpitched under bat. 
Uh, Brewers? Sure, yeah, yes. Brewers. G- give me a pitcher, give you two bats. Right? I'll overpay for your pitcher. Mm-hmm. People can tell me all days, oh, you got hosed. Great. I can't find pitching as easily as I will build a hitter. The Brewers is an interesting <clears throat> thing that you're saying there because they're actually a place where I could see you sending one of our veteran hitters and one of our youth like guys you'd want to put on the team, but like a Khalil Lee, for example, because they have an aging Lorenzo Cain. And I could see you trying to pull off a Woodruff or a Corbin there. I don't know. I know I know you want to do that, but I'm saying if you wanted I, to... I, I don't know. Corbin Burns. The, the Mets need to see what these guys have, what they have in their minor league system. No team has been worse at figuring out what they have in recent years than the Mets to me. The Mets have been great at finding talent, drafting it, and getting it to the getting it to MLB level. They have been terrible at getting it to their team. I mean, Justin Turner. Yeah. Daniel Murphy. But we had McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, Dom Smith. For for sure. Nito. But 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 that, that's my point like but now we're in this mix where we need to make a move off of those guys. Right? And we're and we're they're holding on to the last five years of pull-ups. They, yes, they gotta let some things go. Yeah, like you have to recognize that hey, the way we're currently constructed, Conforto doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Right, like we can't have every guy in our batting order bat two sixty with an on-base percentage. I need a guy who can barrel the ball more. It was Jeff McNeil. He took crazy retraction, crazy retraction. I got Javi. I, I have so much swing and miss in my lineup. I need other things. Mm-hmm. I don't know who those guys are going to be. I need I need uh, <clears throat> the last two months of the season, Javi, all next year. Well, so let's say Javi's the player he's really been. Yeah. Right? Which is a mid-800 OPS guy mm-hmm. who's dynamic on the base pass, great defender. We say that Lindor is the guy he is, borderline MVP candidate. We say Pete's the guy that he's really been, right? Which is one of the best power-hitting players in the whole game. Just there. We say uh, uh, Nimmo is who he is, who's the best on-base percentage guy in baseball, right? The homie just gets on base 40% of the time, four straight years. the best at bats in baseball. Right? Yeah. So I have those guys already. Mm-hmm. I, I need to find some more outliers. And, and I think that's the thing that we're saying. It's like I need to get my young guy up now, and I need to let go of the young guy I brought up four years ago. Yeah. Because I, I know what he is now. I need to see what the next guy is. Mm-hmm. And you need to set that tone for <clears throat> moving forward. That's, you know what you're getting with the Rays. You're in the Rays system. There's a very good chance you come up. And the and only and what they do great is yep. they let guys go. Yep. And they say, hey, you know what? We got our, our stuff out of you. And, yeah, we're going to take a small step back with this other guy. Mm-hmm. But it's going to allow us to take big steps forward in other areas. The Mets are about to – if they pay Conforto, they pay all these guys – Guys, there's no more progression. They're who they are. Yep. That would that would definitely set them back to hold on to the entire line. And the reality is, is that you you just said it. I can pay for a Castellanos, and I can get better than any of these guys. Mm-hmm. So money's not my problem. No. I need to know where I need to spend my money. And right now, the Mets don't know where they need to spend their money. They know a couple guys, but they have a couple guys who are so much of a question mark that I just don't want to pay them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give – like, Stroman was great for us this year. I don't want to give him six years, $50 million, $150 million. 
I don't think age 37 Strowman is going to be the guy that we're going to need when all our young guys are the dude. Like five years from now, Frankie Lindor is, is still early 30s. He's still in prime, mm-hmm. right? I need more prime guys then. Well, how do you find prime guys? I need guys who are 23, 24, who are studs now, yep. mm-hmm. who will be a part of the empire. So that my guy who, like Dom Smith, who was one of those guys, when we brought him up four years ago, he's just not the guy anymore. Yep. He can't play first base. Why am I still trying to hold on to this other stuff? And that's the thing that I think that you, you, you know what you have, so you're not going to get in trouble for keeping a guy who underperforms, who's performed before. Mm-hmm. If you worry, you're going to get in trouble for, for putting in a new guy who underperforms, who's never performed. And that's why young guys stay down and GMs suck. Yeah. Well, we'll do a, a more in-depth GM episode. We'll get John on here. And we'll, we'll get a special, uh, a special we'll episode. Get a, we'll, get a, we'll get a special uh, thing going. I'm sure we're going to do a lot of breakdowns because a lot of teams are going to be making moves this offseason. Um, two more things, and then we can wrap this bad boy up. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the NFTs for MLB. They're launching it this week. What do you think? Did you did you see what I tweeted this morning? Yes. So, <clears throat> and I agree. Fanatics, which people might know for a variety of reasons, owns professional sports at this point to an infinity level. They just raised a hundred million dollars to make NFTs mm-hmm. and then buy ownership and being able to sell them. Peyton Manning's involved. A few other yeah. people have invested into it. Peyton's making a hard play for it. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, NFTs are already a thing that every kid who listens to uh, this show or watches or, or plays MLB The Show already knows about. Because if you have a card that you sell at auction on that game, you guys are selling an NFT. Mm-hmm. Because there's only a few of them that exist. They're rare. So you know how rare they are, and the use of them is only in this world, and only the person who has the token can do it. So NFTs are going to be a thing. What they will be, I do not know. How right now everybody buying them for tens of millions of dollars without any idea of how that's really going to play out. You're paying for future. Mm-hmm. That I don't think exists, right? It's like you saying, hey, I'm going to buy one of the first Teslas for a quarter of a million dollars. And then they get to the point that they're actually being produced and you can buy one for 46 k Like, Did you get hosed by buying it for a quarter of a million dollars? Yes. Were you wrong that it was a banger? No. But you paid five time premium for something that never could have gotten you to the value that you bought it for. Right. So, uh, but looking at it, Pro sports are moving into it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. MLB is going to make a whole bunch of money off of it. MLB The Show has been teaching kids how to do it. I think they're going to make this an opportunity for everybody to just make more money. Um, They're going to catch a trend. But I think that what they're going to end up having to do to get to the metaverse version of this Mm -hmm. is that they're going to have to tie a real-world aspect to what it is. Right. Right? So, like, here's how I really wish that this played out. Okay. You ready for me? I'm ready. Dennis has like this like obscure thing he likes hockey yeah and he can buy a rangers nft mm-hmm. right and he can buy let's call it let's say dennis is rich rich right well not rich rich just basic rich and it's a hundred thousand dollars right 
And Dennis takes all his money that he has in every worldly possession and he buys this. He, and, his, and he's got his NFT for 100K. That should also be, right, his season tickets. And that should also be that if he buys the Henrik Lundqvist NFT version, mm-hmm. that he also gets to, you know, do a meet and greet with Henrik every year, once a year, take photos, do everything else. Mm-hmm. Because he's the owner of the Henrik Lundqvist version, right? right? Yep. So he buys that for a hundred thousand. How much are season tickets to go to the the Rangers right now? I don't know because I can't afford them. <clears throat> Call it twenty five grand. It's got to be less than that. I'm I'm just gonna say for fun. He's got box seats. Real season nice. tickets to the Rangers. Sit, guys sitting on the glass. Um. Well, no, twenty five thousand. Yeah, you're 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 getting getting the big rocks. Sitting on the glass, talking mad shit to TJ Oshie, letting him know. <laughs> Let, let's let's shrink it down let's say let's say it's roughly 75 dollars a game for 40 games it's gonna be more than that most likely but sure so let, 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 round, round I, about, I would say probably if you're calling it 41 games <laughs> at 100 um, a game would be 4100 uh, yeah cool, so but 5, I'm, I'm getting two tickets 5, so so my point is he bought season ticket for a hundred thousand dollars up front mm-hmm. but he has it for as long as he has the ticket so really, at that point in time, the team would have to look at it and be like, well, why? Well, so with NFTs, you also get to get a piece of the resale. So if Dennis buys it for 100000 he gets to come in. He gets his great seat. He gets to hang out with Henrik. He gets to go in the locker room occasionally. He has special access because he owns it. Dennis then sells it for a million dollars to somebody else. Mm-hmm. The Rangers... Get. get another 60k on top of that for selling it right they off that million 60,000 of it goes to them mm-hmm. because it's their possession so they just got paid for season tickets all over again yep but you're tying real world investment into what it's going to be mm-hmm. and i think that that's how teams are going to be able to allow a layer of love and affection and care for your team that then you're one of only a few people who has it yeah, I think that's definitely the the real world aspect of how do you deepen the fans' affinity with the team. Yep. And it, I, like you're saying, it's still kind of up in the air as to how they'll do it. But I I love that concept, um, and and I look forward to seeing how they just keep laying it in. Are they, do you get a one of the new jerseys, Ellen, and whatever, and kind of all the different things that they can send Cause out? Because I I talked about it with you two both when NFTs first started popping over a year ago, mm. right? So now everybody's on the plane. We've, we've been talking about this for a long, a long minute. <clears throat> uh, LeBron James sells a LeBron NFT that he wants to have 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And he puts them out for $10 million each, right? And he could make it that the 10 people who buy it for $10 million each, which makes him a hundred million dollars in cash today those people get to have dinner with lebron every year for perpetuity and he has a whole big dinner that all these people get invited to and they get to sit down talk about business he brings in a private chef he has other friends so you have other millionaires and people Mm -hmm. and you get a whole behind the scenes day with lebron every year right people will buy that easy it's interesting that you just you made that uh, comparison. Because, like, my first thought was, like, 
you, would you get any weirdos that buy that? But you absolutely. Would. Well, well you I mean, get weirdos you for sure. You got a ten million dollar weirdo. Absolutely. So it's a different kind of weirdo. Absolutely. So so I saw a video recently, and the guy was like, "I bought a Bugatti, not because I want a Bugatti, but because I want to know the people who also have Bugattis." And I and like, there's meetups, and there's all this, all the other things that come with it, and it's the same concept. Yep. It, it's we've always been able to recognize why do people buy a Rolex for ten grand? Uh, a multitude of reasons. <laughs> but it's an investment, right? Yes, but it's it can an investment, do this. social flex. But like, guess what? That's the same thing as an NFT. Yeah. The only difference is you have own. this thing on your wrist, and I have this thing that's on my phone, on a computer. Yeah. But mine is a digital tracking code that says that I am the only possessor of this, mm-hmm. right? Yours might be a fake. You got to go home and show me the paper yep. that says that it's real. I got to get it to print. This thing, I have a thing that tells me it's the real thing. Mm-hmm. And I can carry that token with me wherever I want to go. I can have it validated quickly. You can use this for it. He goes for his Rangers games. What does he do? He shows his NFT. Blip. Like, they know he's the guy. Right? He wants to go in the locker room. What pass does he get when he shows up? I'm here to pick up my press pass. What's your name? Dennis Dietz. Can I please see your NFT, sir? Shows it to him. He has limited access to the back. Mm-hmm. He sees the players coming in, says what's up to him, right? Gives a fist bump. They know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a whale. He's a big fish. Does he feel, is this the greatest thing in the world for this super fan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did they make great money off of it? Absolutely. Yep. If Dennis decides, hey, I'm at tough times, I got to sell my thing. He sells it. And the second, because it, there's only a few of them, he sells that mother effer for a for hundred times. He sells it for $10 million. They make money when he resells it. The Rangers must have got really good in that time. (laughs) So, again, when when it starts to become that the things that are attached to it, not just the things, the things attached to ownership, Mm -hmm. provide access above and beyond. And you know how many people have it. We can count. Bro, you now have a value. Why does a 99, like, diamond... Mike Trout sell for a million stubs on MLB The Show and a 99 like Pete Alonzo doesn't because one's more rare. We know how many people have it. We know we we can't get it. You're most likely never going to have this if you don't buy it from this person. This one person got lucky. The one person got lucky. If I want to get lucky, I have to pay for it. Dennis won the lottery. He got to buy it for the original posted price. Mm-hmm. He can then, after that, do whatever he wants for it. He can either make the financial award or he can... But that's it. But now I'm not selling... I don't have a sales team selling my, my season tickets every year. Homie's selling his own NFT. Yeah. And at the end of at the beginning of every year, somebody's got to show me the token when they come in. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Like that's that's your deal. Yeah, very excited to see how this unfolds. But I, I love it's another way that people are going to make money, and I'm interested to see how it plays into real world stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the creative aspect of how people will kind of piece that all together will be will be very cool. Um, guys, we're we're coming down. I would say we have like one or two podcasts left before this season is complete. How how do you guys feel? You feel like we? I feel like we've made a ton of progress here really on the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish all the time that more people were watching. Just because we're we're historically right, like all the time. Yeah. 
And like you guys could be, make money if you just bet on what we've said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. if you put if you put some good money on Stroh's Braves, can we have found out like what the MVP odds were for Otani before the season? I mean, and if we had said yeah. if you had invested a thousand dollars in Otani stock to start the year, what would be your return? Mm-hmm. Because I I would say right now that it had to have been that you were going to make fifty times your money. It's possible. I'm sure the odds weren't like ridiculously low. Fifty there, times is not that low. No, but I'm saying like there there was probably like a good chance or like at least up there. Like obviously Trout's a you know. What do you got? So he opened the season plus uh, 1,100 to win the award. Um, he was at plus 500 when May began. He went to uh, 130 at the beginning of June, uh, plus 105 at the end of June. And now, uh, when is this from? You get the point. He, yeah. he's I, I get the point. If you put 100 bucks at the beginning of the season, you'd be okay. You, you, 100 bucks would have gotten you 1,100, right? Yeah. Yep. That's how that math works. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you had invested... Eleven a thousand bucks. You would have made eleven thousand dollars on the bet. Oh, now he's minus three fifty. That's what it is. It's more than that. I'm pretty sure plus eleven hundred is even more than that. No, I think that's what that means. I'm not like into betting, so I can. Neither am I. I'm almost positive that is what that means. If you put a hundred dollars and you'd win. Pay out on plus eleven hundred on a thousand dollar bet. I'm pretty sure he's correct, and now you'd have to spend three hundred and fifty dollars in order to get a hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. I have a calculator that I now have pulled up. Somebody's listening to this like, you guys don't bet? Why don't you know this stuff? Because it's not legal in New York. Yes. It should New be, New York's though. missing out on a bunch of money. They'll figure it out one day. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. What it, that's it's, exactly it, what it is. Make a, bet 100, make it 1,100. Th- cool. No, bet a, bet, and bet 1,000. So if you would listen to our podcast, bet 1,000, make 11,000. You bet $1,000 on my prediction of Otani, you would, you would have made $11,000 in profit on your $1,000 Right. You would have gotten $12,000 back on your... So, if everyone had been watch- listening to this podcast from the start of the year, you all would be much richer now. So, guys, Richer than even if you had invested in Bitcoin. Full do disclosure, us, do, do us not f- always do that, please. Do not always... This, 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 is, is, this, this is, is not financial no, advice. This is by no means financial advice, <laughs> and you should never listen to me. I'm not a paid professional for this. This is all opinion. Yeah. But, guys, I'm I'm super happy with how, how we've done this year. I, I, I look forward so much to next year. I think we got a lot of great stuff planned. It's going to be awesome. Um, I, I would look like- forward to the new space. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would like to take you guys out to dinner after the season has completed. Talk shop, just kind of concoct stuff. Um, He's buying me dinner? This is a first. Buying both of you guys dinner. Wow. Um, And just figure out what we're going to do for next year because for everybody listening, watching, uh, I want to put out a great product for you guys. I think we have said a lot of great things and and, uh, go into next year with all of that in mind and keep building on it and put out some great shows. Season two is going to be a banger oh yeah yeah fire me up so that's it guys thanks for watching thanks for listening make sure you like and subscribe uh let us know what you thought of the episode and we'll see you next time later baseball lifestyle it's my lifestyle